also want to uh, greet everyone in the name of Jesus. Glad for the presence of everyone. And uh, we want to continue our journey and through the uh, part of the Lord's uh, Sermon on the Mount, found in uh, in Matthew chapter 6. You don't have to turn to that right now. But uh, in doing this, I need a little help. I need 14 volunteers this morning to help me. And as you raise your hand, give a number so that you know so you know your number and who you are. But I need 14 people that are willing to volunteer to help me. Okay, Jason, you would be one, two, <coughs> three, four, five, six, seven, six, is it? Seven. Okay, it's nine, ten, need four more. Four more people shouldn't be hard to find. Okay, okay, I'm see. You'd be 11, yeah. Four, uh, 12. Two more. Okay, 13. One more. One more willing worker. Where do I see it? Okay, 14. Okay, if you would look at Matthew chapter 6, you would find, don't have to look at it. Don't open your Bible and don't, well, we'll close our eyes so that we can't see it behind me here. But we're, what we're going to do is stand up and there are 14 commas in the Lord's Prayer. And number one, we'll start the first one to the comma, like our Father in heaven. Then the next one will go on to the next comma. Now, you don't have to know the commas, but you have to know the Lord's Prayer. And you tell me that you know the Lord's Prayer. You memorized it, so we're going to see it. It's almost like being graded. So let's stand together, and we'll close our eyes, and uh, we'll say the Lord's Prayer, beginning with number one, on up to 14.
Amen. Okay, thank you. That was very good. You did good. I believe you know the Lord's Prayer. <coughs> All right. So today, as we uh, look at the Lord's Prayer, I would like to, uh, I'll tell you a little bit what I went through, and I was, I was thinking about this message for today, and I want to, to uh, have it centered around uh, verse, verse uh, 13. And uh, I was thinking, when I read that, first of all, I, I, I was thinking that, uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I was thinking about, what if a Christian sins? Is he referring to a Christian sinning here? And... and what happens if a Christian sins? Or how can a Christian be reconciled? Or, or what happens? Does he lose his fellowship with God? Or just, just what happens when a, when a Christian sins? Does a Christian ever sin? Does a Christian walk in sin? And I found out that that's really not what it's talking about. And so we want to look at what does he mean here? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We found out in this prayer that in the beginning of this prayer, that it's not about us. It's about God. It's about walking with God and praying to God. And the disciples asked him to teach them to pray as as John taught his disciples to pray, or as they saw Jesus praying, and they saw Jesus praying numerous times, I believe. And so the disciples wanted to pray like that. They were impressed with the prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that they often heard Jesus pray. And it reminds us that, you know, there are some people that we just love to hear praying. It just seems like they know how to talk to God in such a, a simple, faith-like way that it it's just touches your, your heart, your soul. And so that's what we want today. We want to be touched by the Spirit of the Lord as we think about this and lead us not into temptation. We think, what, what is he talking about when he, when he says that lead us not into temptation? Is he talking about a temptation here that is tempting us to do evil or to do wrong in our life? And I thought about this, and I, I contacted uh, different uh, writers or books and read what they had to say about it. And with the help of them, and, and I believe with the help of God, I came to the conclusion that if, when the Bible says that the Lord was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So if temptation that he's talking about here is geared to, to uh, lead you in the wrong direction, then we would have to conclude 
that the angels helped in leading Jesus into the wilderness to tempt him to do evil. And the angels were instigators of this or motivators or whatever you would want to call them. But I don't believe that that is right. Or it seems to me that that is not what he's telling us here. I believe that when he said, lead us not into temptation, he was referring this word temptation means the same as the word test. Back in Genesis chapter 22, it says that God came to Abraham and he, and he uh, tempted him. And the word tempt means that he tried Abraham. And he said to Abraham, I want you to take your son that you have and take him up on Mount Moriah and to offer him up as an offering unto me. And I believe that that really talked to Abraham. It was hard for Abraham to digest this, that what God was telling him to do. And so he slept over. The next morning, early in the morning, he got up, got two of his servants and his son uh, Isaac, to go with him up on the mountain. And so it says that they got onto, I'm not sure if they had an animal with them or not, but they started walking and they walked for two whole days, those people. There would be four people that were walking for two whole days. The third day, it says that Abraham looked up, way up, and there was a mountain that he was supposed to go to. And so he told his two servants, you stay here, and the boy and I will go up yonder and offering and offer an offering to the Lord. So was Abraham tempted to do wrong? No. What God was trying to do was get the people's attention and help them to see that they need to be responsible and ready for service that he wants them to do. And that's what God is doing when he said, or yeah, that's what God is doing through his son Jesus when he says, lead us not into temptation. Now, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a test. God is putting us to a test. All of us are tested one way or another, and God wants to show Satan, the enemy of our soul. Remember, Satan came down there, and Satan is mad at God. He does not like God. And so he's going to attack God every way that he can, and we the people of God, he will also attack. And so God is going to say, you see these people down here? These people are so blessed, so blessed because they believe in me, and I'm going to show you that they are committed to me. And that's where the testing comes in. You are tested to prove to Satan that you love God. That you are committed to serving God. That's what God is trying to demonstrate to Satan. These are my people. Exactly what he did to Job. It says that Job, when he was, I think it's in the first chapter, it says that the sons of God presented themselves to God, and Satan came along with them. And so the battle was between God and Satan. 
And Satan tried to tell God that you've got a hedge around Job. That's why we can't do anything with him. Or God asked Satan, he said, have you considered my servant Job? And I think that's exactly what he's saying today. What God is saying to Satan, have you considered those people at Berea? They love me. They are my people. They really love me. You can't get them. You can't do anything, and I'll prove it to you. That's what a test is. A test is to prove to Satan that you and I are committed to him, to God. You are proof that you love God, that you, are, you, you want to follow God regardless of what it's going to cost you. You say amen to thy will, God. Oh, God. So lead us not into temptation. So a test is always something that sometimes we trip up. Sometimes we, we fail. And it's important for us to realize that most of us have a weak spot in our life. And that weak spot is the very spot that Satan knows is there. And whenever you're tested, he'll come along with that weak spot in my life. And that's why he tries me the most. And I would like to say that too often I give in to that weak spot. Like the last incident that I had <clears throat> when I had an accident with the truck. Satan tried his best and, and, and he won a couple times. But then I was so worried as to what was going to happen that I let him have advantage of me. And I'm sorry for that today. But God has taught me something. My wife tried to tell me, it's okay. It's going to be okay. I had a hard time believing her. I, I was severely tested in that. I, I mean, it, it don't look good for me, but actually that's the way it was, you know. <coughs> and uh, God has brought me through and I think today I'm stronger than I was before. But God knows your weak point. I mean, Satan knows your weak point, and that's where he's going to get you if he can. At that very weak, weakest point in your life. They say a chain is not stronger than its weakest point. And we are not stronger than our weakest point in life. That's not nice to say, is it? Not nice at all to say that we're not stronger than our weakest point in life. But that's the way it is. That's where we fail to honor God every time we fail at our very weakest point in life. So how do we get rid of that weakest point? If you know that you have a weak point in your life, don't go there. Turn the other way. Don't go there. If your weak point is in pornography, don't buy any of those books. Don't go there. Don't look at it. Don't waste your time on it. Because every time you look at it, it's going to become stronger. Every time. Or there may be, it may not be pornography. It might be something else that you're tempted. It might be your cell phone. 
Cell phones can get you in a lot of trouble. Don't go there. Or it, it might be other things that I'm not, that I don't know or am not mentioning. But the weak point is what makes us trip. And Satan knows our weakest point. How he knows all that, I don't know. But he does. Because he tries us at that point every time. <coughs> Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. And that evil there means, but deliver us from the evil one. It's not that God, when, he, when we're being tested, it's not that God is testing us or trying to get us to do evil. No. So he says, but deliver us from evil or the evil one that's trying to get us. Now listen again. I'd like to tell you that Satan is mad at God's children and mad at God. He does not like us. He does not like God. And he has, Revelations 12 tells us that he knows that he has but a short time. You know, Jesus is coming back soon. And the evil one would like to do everything he can to destroy all these people at Berea. Plus all the other Christians. Not just, I'm not just talking about Berea in itself, but I'm talking to Berea. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not preaching about other people out there. I'm preaching to the people in this church house. People that want to be associated with one another. People that want to be a part of the, the church here in, in Indiana, Berea Fellowship. So we have a good thing going, and God has blessed us so many times, much more than we're worthy of all the blessings. So, he says, Forgive, uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think we need to realize that when we're tempted to do wrong, it's from the evil one. Because God doesn't tempt us to do wrong. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust, James tells us. And then he sins. Should a Christian sin? He shouldn't. But when we fail to trust God, we fail to put our faith in God, and we trust God. We trust things that come in our way. We're supposed to speak to those problems, you know, or the problems will speak to us. You don't believe me? I, th I think that people uh, talk to dead things. Because I've heard them. You know, sometimes when the washer doesn't work at home, people will kick their washer and say, why don't you work? They're talking to a dead thing. Or they have a flat tire out on the road. They'll kick that car and talk to the car because the tire went flat. 
But if you don't speak to your problem, the problem will speak to you. Yeah, problems speak to you. Oh, I got you now. Nothing you can do about this. Just the way it is, you know. They just speak so loud to some people, and we can hear those dead things speaking to us. All because the evil one wants to get us to trip us. Make us feel bad about something that we shouldn't feel bad. We have no right to feel bad about it. God is in control. He wants to control my life. He wants to control your life. We're not supposed to be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. <coughs> On Friday, I was supposed to go up to uh, uh, Chicago to court. I didn't know for sure which, how I could go up there and bring the truck home the same, bring, bring the truck home the same day. Getting my Dutch mixed up here. Bring the truck home the same day, and so uh, I asked the brother in the church if he would uh, consider taking me up there. And uh, well, he said if it would, if I don't find anyone else, so I was, I talked to Dennis. And uh, he said that he, uh, I don't know, it was something that he didn't think he could. But then he called back later and, and said that he's going up to, to Chicago on Saturday with the uh, shore bus or whatever you call that. And, uh, but then I'd have to get a taxi to take me wherever I wanted to go. And... I've heard through different sources that those those taxi drivers don't know when enough is enough. You know, they just charge you whatever they want to. Well, didn't it didn't really seem like that was what God wanted me to do. And so I called Roger was the first one I talked to, and I called him back, and or he called me to see if I had gotten anybody, and I said I didn't. Wonder if he would want to do that. So he said, Yeah, he he'll take me up there. And uh, so we started off about 4 o'clock Friday morning and drove up there. We had a good time, Roger and I did. And uh, I was blessed with something he said. Uh, when we got there, he took, brought the van back home and I took the truck. And then I, I wanted to pay him for taking me up there. And he said, no, he doesn't want anything. Yeah, I said, I'd, I'd like to give you something for bringing me up here. And this is what he said. He said, no, I don't want anything. When I see, when I see a brother in need, I help that brother. Now, isn't that the kind of attitude that all of us should have? When we see someone in need, we help. That's just the kind of people we are because of Jesus Christ. It's not how important I am or how important you are, but it's how important God is in our life. So, he says, and deliver us from the evil one. Satan does not like it when we act that way. Satan does not like it when we love one another. When we can get along with each other, when we can trust each other, 
when we have faith in one another, when we do good to one another, and not just to the people here, but we do that to anybody. It makes no difference. I mean, yes, the Christians are different, but, but we treat everyone nice, the way that the Lord would have us to treat them. So, lead us not into temptation or testing where we choose to do wrong, where we choose to, to accept the wrong things in life. Don't let us go there. Don't, Lord, we, we don't want Satan to have control in our life. So stay away from the bad things. Choose the good. Do the good. Do the best for Jesus Christ. We are servants of his, and we want to live for him. So thank you. I have one more message on this, and I, I think that's going to be a good one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So that's all that I have to share this morning. May the Lord bless all of you. And I would pray that all of us may realize when God is testing us, testing us, that he is showing us off to the devil. These people are not going to yield. These people have a commitment that they want to serve me. And this is proof that they're on my side. Praise the Lord. Where else could we find a place that is better to be? Someone has said to people that were in here, you may have been drugged into church. And some people raised their hand and said, yeah, they've been drugged into church. And he said, at least... If you were drugged into church, it's a good opportunity to find out the good things in life. But a lot of people are in the world, and they're drugged. So which is the best thing? It's the best thing to be drugged into the church, not be drugged out in the world, or to go with the world, or flow with the world, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> okay, thank you for being here. The Lord bless you for being here. Let's pray. Our God and Father, this morning, we do want to worship you and praise you for your loving kindness, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to thank you for every person that is in here today. And I commit them to thee, Father, to lead them. And when they are tested, that they would not allow the weak point in their life to to trip them, or to in any way give over to the desires of Satan. Father, we thank you that in the name of Jesus, we are stronger than Satan. By the blood of Jesus Christ, he has to flee. He, does, he has no right to afflict your people, O God, according to thy word. And so we pray that we might be strong in the Lord, giving glory to God. Thank you, Father, for everyone in this auditorium this morning. And I pray a blessing from heaven down upon us that we might know and believe who we belong to and understand thy great love for every one of us. Thank you, Father, for saving us 
and making us a people that love thy kingdom. Bless us to this end that we may glorify you all of our life and always do what we can to help one another. And that showing we are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.